You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat Podcast, where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, Today we're joined by one of Broadway's most popular players. Uh, She got her start uh, when she originated the role of Catherine Plummer in Newsies, which put her on the map. As she also went on to play Catherine in the movie version of Newsies as well. Ever since, she's actually pulled the Broadway equivalent of an Andy Pettit uh, a couple times over the past decade, with multiple stints as Glinda and Wicked in 2014, and then again in 2016. And then throughout 17, 18, and 19, she did the same over the course of two separate stints as Cynthia Weil in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, which, as many of our listeners know, is probably my favorite Broadway show. Uh, if I lost any of the theater folks, including Kara, with the Andy Pettit reference there, uh, more or less Andy Pettit had multiple stints with another Broadway uh, powerhouse franchise, much like a Wicked or a Beautiful, a franchise that we know as the New York Yankees. Left and came back on a few separate occasions and cemented a legacy as one of the best pitchers in Yankee history through the course of each stint and certainly a fan favorite which certainly applies to my guest today as well. So she's really had a phenomenal career. I'm so grateful she could join us today. So with that being said, if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just be on the marquee. Now batting, Kara Lindsay. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Al. I'm super excited. And thank you for clarifying because I am not a baseball junkie, so I know not. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if it would be way over your head. I figured, you know, maybe since you were a New Yorker, Andy Pettit might be just as synonymous. I know the the name because of my husband, but um, I, like, don't watch baseball at all. Although, hold on. What do I have? Oh, that's not. We have some baseball bibs. I'm literally in um, my baby's closet right now, <laughs> um, and I'm sitting next to all of his bibs. And we have like some New York Yankees bibs. We have a Mets bib, and you know, just so. Anyway, that's that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for half a second you were going to pull out a Mets hat that I saw you rocking because I know. In some ways, you're no stranger to the baseball world because I think it was like 2015. You sang the national anthem at City Field the year the Mets won the pennant. That must have been pretty I cool. Did. That was really, really cool. I was so terrified and um, excited, and um, it was awesome. I hadn't been to a baseball game in so long, and um, yeah, it was such a blast. Uh, my husband came with me, obviously, because he's the one that like actually enjoys watching. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, he came with me and like, I was so nervous that I'd be one of those people that would go viral on YouTube for forgetting the words to, you know, the national anthem. <laughs> so, um, he, he stood there with me and I was like, if I give you a look, like I'm terrified, can you just like start mouthing the words? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily that didn't happen, but anyway, it was a blast and it was such a fun game. So. Oh, absolutely. And now let me ask you. Who's more passionate, the fansies or the baseball fans? Oh, I mean, I'm going to say fansies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think the the fansies are just, uh, it's like they live 
live it. They, they embody a newsy, you know? And I think, I guess that's what baseball fans do as well, but I don't know. It's different to me, but that's also because I'm also passionate about newsies. So, um, yeah. So I think, I think the, the newsies fancies. And, you know, I think it's one of those shows that it really just resonates with New Yorkers in such a special way. And Kara, like me, you're not just a New Yorker. You're an Italian New Yorker. And we've obviously got the holidays coming up, you know, despite everything going on with COVID. Do we have a fun holiday season planned? Listen, Christmas starts um, now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those annoying people. And my mother has like six Christmas trees. Like we go all out for Christmas. I mean, also Thanksgiving is food. Food. That's what the Italians do. We do the food. Um, so that's definitely in the plans. But like the the decorating. I don't know if your family's that way. The decorating is all out, full out. We don't we don't hold back. And when do you start? Like after Halloween, or are we talking like after Thanksgiving? Well, I, I after Thanksgiving, like literally the day after. black friday Friday is christmas friday for me um yeah because i i feel like i don't want to be judged (laughs) not like people are going to come into my home and be like why do you have so many christmas decorations before it's even thanksgiving but i think also i i want to live in the it's thanksgiving time right now it's halloween time but i list start listening to christmas music november 1st i guess it's me and i force everyone else around me to listen to it november 1st uh, like when I was at Wicked, um, my dresser, Kate Getches, who's also a dear friend of mine, um, we would start listening to Christmas music November 1st and it was the best. And people would come into our dress, our dressing room and just be so annoyed with us, but then start to kind of like it. Uh, favorite Christmas song. I think just all of them. Um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <gasps> but down, I don't know, all of them. It's just so bright and cheery and like, it's so sweet. It's so nice that we have that kind, like all those holidays around the winter months that, you know, people are celebrating just to like not think about being enclosed inside and then also this pandemic. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And are you going back up to Rochester uh, for the holidays? Yeah. yeah, so we'll be back up there. Of course. I mean, we're, we're all going to try and be safe and do our part. And um, yeah, it'll be nice to all be together. And also Emerson turns one. Emerson is my baby boy. Um, he turns one on November 12th. So um, we won't be in Rochester yet for that, but we were, we're going to celebrate his first birthday when we're there um, and do the whole cake thing, you know, where the baby like digs his hands into the cake and either they enjoy it or they hate it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I know. And you became, literally became a mother, you know, shortly before COVID hit at this point. Um, yes. So you've had like a whirlwind of stuff going on. Cause like, I feel like consistently ever since you came up through the system, that's like a little bit of a baseball term. You've constantly. What is the system? <laughs> since you got called up to the big leagues. Oh, oh, Broadway. Yeah. So ever since you got on the Broadway, you've been like nonstop. You're always in something and you're always one of the leads and you do such a great job. So I, I imagine, you know, with everything else going on in the world is one thing, but this is, this is pretty different. Cause this is the first time you've had a real layoff. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, um, because, you know, getting to the big leagues, 
it, I was, I had lots of layoff time and, you know, trying to make ends meet in New York and babysitting jobs and working at a couple of restaurants and catering and all that kind of stuff. So I had that time, but I'm also at a different time in my life. So I'm older and a mom and I can't go out and just do those things as easily anymore. And, um, you kind of have to get more creative with how you work from home, uh, which everybody has to figure out, even if regardless of whether you're a mom or not. Um, so that's been interesting. It's been, it is crazy to think that like we had Emerson and then that new whole newborn phase is crazy. Um, you just don't sleep and you don't know what day it is or what time of day it is. And you're like, I just hope I survive this day. And then we got past that and it was the holidays and we were able to somewhat enjoy that, which was awesome. And then we went to Disney World because Kevin and I sang together at in Epcot. We do the Festival of the Arts um, and we perform for Disney on Broadway, sort of presenting how um, a Disney movie is translated to a Broadway stage which is so fun to be a part of that festival. And we were there. Emerson was nine weeks old when we got there and he was 12 weeks old by the time we left. And it was just so awesome to get to do that. And then once we got back, we had about three weeks and then that's when COVID hit. COVID was already on TV when we were down in Florida. It was like, it's he, it's like in Seattle or whatever. It was like, kind of here and I had to turn it off. I was like, no, <laughs> we're in Disney world. We're in Disney world. Everything's great. Everything is awesome. Um, but then it hit. So it was wild. So most of Emerson's life has been quarantine. Isn't that, it's just crazy. And I know a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people have had babies during this. So their baby only knows the quarantine uh, and masks and all of that. Like he's not, he, at first he was afraid of it. Cause it wasn't a thing at first. And then once we added it, he was like, no, absolutely not. You need, I need to see your whole face, not just your eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> but now he's used to it and he'll pull it off our face. And it's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned Disney. Now, before you got cast in Newsies, were you like a big Disney fan? Yes. Yes. I love Disney. I mean, who? I honestly don't, I don't know who, doesn't and if you don't love disney i don't trust you <laughs> i agree with you so i have a buddy Sidney Oliveri. i've used his name on the show a couple times and he ripped uh -oh. on me back when it was my 21st birthday i went to disneyland in california as part of like a a three-part trip to san diego disney and la and Ooh. he he's like one of those guys that makes fun of adults who love disney I, and, and especially like during this time i don't know about you but I subscribe to Disney Plus and I am loving it. It's the only things getting me through right now. Totally. It's the best. Broad I mean, Disney Plus, Broadway Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus, it's, uh, it's the best. Um, what's your favorite show on Disney Plus? <sighs> well, favorite show, I liked... Um, well, I like some of the documentaries. I watched one recently uh, about the Sherman brothers, you know, who wrote all that great music, yeah. Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and stuff like that. I really love that Which one. Okay. And then there's Prop Culture. That was one series I watched pretty much it's in, in its entirety. That You know, he, the guy goes around and he, you know, uncovers certain props from all the different Disney films. They did like Mary Poppins and the Muppet, the Muppet movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. That one's been yeah. pretty good. Ah. Uh. 
That's awesome. I don't, now I'm like thinking about that Sherman Brothers. I need to watch that. Yeah, that was a good one too. And I did happen to, you know, of course, come across uh, the film version of Newsies, which you were just awesome in. Oh, thanks. Thanks yeah. for watching that. Of course. And listen, I know that, you know, we're all in masks now, but when we go outside, but have a lot more people recognized you since the movie came out? <laughs> when the movie initially came out, yeah, um, which was interest. I mean, not like a ton. It's not like it's this blockbuster film. You know, I think it's most it's it's people that love musical theater that have maybe recognized me. You know, they're already in that world. It's not you know, like Angelina Jolie <laughs> in my dreams, you know, I mean, um, so it's just like a, a couple times it's happened, but it's generally, I find out that like they're in their high school musicals at their school. So like they're already a part of it and aware and, or they did newsies because now newsies is out for licensing. So high schools and all these schools are doing it, which that was a whole other thing when um when schools started to put on their own productions of newsies because it's now licensed uh the kids would go on and find newsies on netflix or wherever it may be now disney plus and they would watch it to learn about the show and learn about their production and in doing so they would they follow me and they they're like oh you were Catherine," and i'm like oh okay i did that like 10 years ago thank you <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know, it's still, it's a part of me forever. It, Newsies changed my life. Um, so I love that the kids are all getting to be, getting to tell the story themselves and get to enjoy the music. Cause it's like, it's the best. Alan Menken's the best. Uh, so I, I love hearing their love for it now. It's just, it's so great. The earworms in that show. Now, I know your big showstoppers watch what happens. And let's say that's your grand slam in the show, but you also had like a, let's call it a double. That's like a bit of an earworm, at least for me, during the reprise of watch what happens. And you have that part where you go like, we've got faith. And then it goes, we've got a plan. There was a point where I was singing that so much where my roommate would just pick up where I'd leave off in the song and you hear from the other room and we've got Jack. And it's like, I legitimately, <laughs> it became like part of the fabric of our old apartment. Like, and he hadn't even seen the show or the movie. He wasn't a Broadway guy, but that That's like, so all, funny. <laughs> you'd hear him in the other room singing this. Like if I was, if I would start singing the song, he would just fill in like the lyric right behind me. It was so damn catchy. That is so funny. <laughs> like that particular part of yeah, all of the parts. Of all the parts, yeah, not seize the day or anything like that. That was the one that, like, for some reason, it would just get stuck in my head. Like, we've got faith, we've got a plan, and then you'd hear, and we've got Jack, like, in that back room. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Normally, it's um, because Ben Fankhauser, who played Davy, he um, he always warmed up doing the the poor guy's head is spinning. That part in the watch what happens reprise. And because he was always warming up doing that and Andrew Keenan Bolger was doing like the backstage sneak peeks for Broadway.com or Playbill or all of them. I don't know. Um, and had uh, Ben Fankhauser on there doing that. All the fansies were like, Ooh, do it. Do the poor guy's head is spinning all the time. So honestly, that's generally the moment from watch what happens reprise. That's always in people's heads because it's been like, Drilled in people's heads. <laughs> so I love that yours is like, and we've got Jack. 
maybe I'm a fancy and I didn't even know it that you know that there's such a fixation on you know catching these little parts of these songs that are just so catchy. I feel a lot better about myself actually. Yeah, totally. <laughs> good. You are a fancy. I grant you fancy. Dumb. <sighs> I'm so honored. And it's like, that's actually coming from a queen because you're also like a queen Glinda on Broadway as well. And you, you know, you've done some epic parts now. What's your favorite of all these shows you've done? Oh, thanks. That's so nice. I, I you know, I get that question a lot and I always answer it like this. <laughs> and we always try to pride ourselves on not doing the cookie cutter questions. So I'm sorry if you've been <laughs> No, 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 but that's that's a genuine that's a question I ask people. I want to know cuz some people have a specific one and I want to know. But I really don't have like a specific one. Um for so I've only been in 3 Broadway shows and they're all my favorite cuz Broadway. <laughs> and also um and I'll tell you why they're all my favorite. Newsies is my favorite because it was my Broadway debut and I got to create a role, which was amazing and work for Disney. (laughs) Um, And then Glinda was my favorite because it was the most fun I've ever had on stage. It was the most sense of play that I've ever experienced ever. And it was also such a challenge that I was so um, excited to conquer and um overcome and do it and succeed so i was grateful for that and i mean that in like vocal i thought i couldn't sing it and it was just so hard to do but then i did it and i was grateful for that and then beautiful is my favorite because um i did the show until i was five months pregnant and emerson was on stage with me and so the first time I ever felt some kick was when I was on stage, which is wild and so cool. And it's so beautiful. is just like ingrained in my heart for that reason to get to be two people at once experiencing like a dream. And, um, yeah, that, that was just so awesome. And the whole cast it's beautiful. They were so supportive and wonderful about that entire experience for me and journey. So therefore they're all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. And you say, well, I've only been in three Broadway shows. I mean, three of the best and I, it, beautiful is probably my favorite show. It's like on a short list of shows that I've gotten seen twice just because I really? love, love that Carol King music. It's just so, oh, it's so, so timeless, right? It is timeless. That is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. It's get, it's so good. What? You ever, you ever get to meet her? Yes, a couple of times. She is the sweetest, most humble human, most humble celebrity I have ever had the opportunity to meet. Uh, she is just so wonderful. I, she's, I, I don't know why, like, most celebrities that I've met, I mean, I haven't met that many, but it's like they're at this higher place, like, and they kind of carry themselves that way, and they should. I mean, they're amazing. They're a celebrity because of the accomplish- accomplishments they've had. And she's accomplished so much, and yet she's like walking around, like, you know, like, I don't know, uh, like your cool, sweet, adorable little aunt, your Aunt Nancy, you know, like, just she doesn't carry herself with this air of uh, you must hold me at a high regard you know and not that other people are bad for doing that I'm trying not to bash other people but like there's something so sweet and wonderful about that quality 
and it makes you just love her more. So the way she's portrayed in Beautiful is entirely accurate. You know, like how Carol King, I don't know who you saw play Carol King, but generally they're, it's all kind of the same in terms of the energy that she's like a little nervous and insecure, but like brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's who she is. Like you met her too. <laughs> <laughs> I met her through Jesse Mueller and Melissa Benoist. And I think it was right before oh. so 2018, it was like June. So I think it might've been right before you came back. Is that my, yeah, my probably. Right yeah. Jessica Keenan Wynn. She's so amazing. Yeah, she her. was good. She was good. She know Carol Lindsay, but nah. <laughs> oh, shut. no, I'm no Jessica Keenan Wynn. It goes that way because I follow her. <laughs> now, having done all these big projects and all these great shows, is there like uh, mm-hmm. is there like a type of role that you'd really love to originate and put your own stamp on the way you kind of did with Newsies? That, you know, that's kind of had this. You know, you're so synonymous with Catherine Plummer that you know whether it be you know, some, you know, inspired by a true story, like a Carol King or a completely original story. Do you ever think in those terms? Yeah, I think right now, and maybe because everything has to be filmed. <laughs> I would love to try more film and TV. I would love to, um, I've been trying to get into voiceover for, in terms of animation for the past, like five, six years. And, um, it's such a hard mold to break or world to break into. It's so hard. Um, and I just love it so much. So I would love to do that. I love playing all these different characters and getting to like, this is my little booth right here that we're in right now. I mean, I should be using my mic. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I should have connected it all. Um, so that, that is, that's a world that I would love to break into and, and play something kooky and silly and like something I probably couldn't if it were my actual face and body because, you know, I don't look like it, but it's a character I can step into over voice. Um, but then in terms of musicals, I, you know, as I age and get older, I would love to play a mom one day on stage. However, that is just since I have that understanding now and you always approach a character from your own experience and who you are. And this is a new part of me and I would love to explore that. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And it, it's funny you touch on the animation thing, like growing up, were you like a really theatrical kid always doing impressions and whatnot of, you know, different cartoon characters, or are you just always like, kind of like on that musical theater route? And this is something that you've, found along the way that you that you were passionate about I was very shy very I only sang in my bedroom and I would if only if my parents weren't home like if I was home alone I would sing but I was very shy I would do all that experimenting by myself so I was in no way was I was like showing off and saying hey listen to me um I just didn't have that confidence. Um, but it eventually over time, the more I did it and the more like my music teacher uh, said, Kara, okay, it's your turn to sing by yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, my heart's pounding and terrified. Um, but then I do it. And then that each time I do it, I get more and more courage. Um, but no, I, 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 I wasn't like that. I think that 
part of what I love about theater is that it, it sort of brought me out of my shell and it, it still does that. It forces me to be confident, even if I'm pretending and acting, you know, and it, it allows me to step into this other energy and that other energy is still a part of me. It, it's some, it's something that I access and I don't know. I just, I love that. I love how it feels to do that. And it, it inspires me to use that in my everyday life. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, all that to say, no, I didn't like make voices a lot. Um, I think actually in college, I would do that with my friends. Sometimes we would, like make up voices or, you know, when you'd see um, like I had a dog growing up and it's like, you want to give them a voice sometimes you know uh so all those dog videos are like on instagram and probably tiktok and all the things like when you give them life by making a voice for them that's one of my favorite things um <laughs> so i do that and and i do that with emerson now just like <laughs> making voices um but yeah other than that it's it's really just watching animated films and cartoons i grew up with the Saturday morning cartoons, loved all of those. Uh, so I think, I think it just was cool to understand like there's people behind that and they're making those voices and like they have a scene based on this character that's drawn. It's, it's just such a cool world. So anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And especially with what you do, I feel like it would be very easy for you to step into something like that because with what you do on stage, you're a master of, it's not just doing a voice, you're developing a character. And that's something that, you know, that you've always done really well. And I would like to see more folks in the Broadway community step into those waters because I think it could be really special. And I think that, uh, you know, the style of acting really lends itself well, um, you know, to that type of medium, you know, depending on the age genre, you know, of course you have, you know, the, the stuff for preschoolers, but, you know, there's a sophistication to a lot of these cartoons and whatnot, like the Peanuts characters, for example. I always thought that that was a really, uh, it's kind yeah. of like sophisticated in a way. Totally. Oh, gosh, the Peanuts. <laughs> oh. oh, you don't even know how upset I am. So I'm not sure if you heard that you know, all the holiday specials that the Peanuts did. Now you have to be like an Apple TV Plus subscriber. They're not playing them on ABC or CBS this year. And it's like, I, I don't have Apple TV plus. I might have to go home, get a DVD player from my mom's house and bring it to my apartment with the original DVDs just so I could, you know, watch my Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I know. You have to subscribe to everything. So basically you're gonna be spending like a hundred dollars a month or two hundred to like watch all these things. It's crazy. Oh man. I know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of tapped out on the Disney Plus and Netflix, but what what have you been yeah. watching during the uh, pandemic? Well, right now, because we're nearing the election, I'm just all news all the time, um, honestly. But what did we watch before? I guess we watched a couple episodes of Ratchet, which was, oh, um, <laughs> I just don't like suspense. It's a lot for me. Um, what we watched, what did we watch? Shit's Creek is always a go-to. I love Shit's Creek. It's very funny. Um, uh, I haven't really been watching that much other than that. Um, yeah, that's it. I thought for sure you were going to say Tiger King somewhere in there. Oh my God. I did watch that. I have to admit. 
That was like a different lifetime ago. But <laughs> at this point, like, it's like almost a year ago. I mean, it's not almost a year ago, but it's more than half the year. <laughs> so it's just cr- Yeah, that was I. I I could not wait to watch the next one. And I was like, I hate myself for that because what is this junk food? Why do I care? I know it's just, Oh God. It was like such a waste of brain space. (laughs) And and now Carol Baskin's on dancing with the stars. And is she a murderer? I think so. (laughs) What do you think? Did you take, was that your takeaway? Yeah. Because (laughs) there were a couple of episodes after the fact, right. That followed up on tiger King. And I've only watched one of them. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty. But. (laughs) Hopefully she's not listening to this. I hope I didn't just, you know, get myself onto her her naughty list. But uh, I think that that there's certainly a world's away from New York City. So I think I'm probably. (laughs) Well, you you can edit this out, I guess. Or the tigers (laughs) are going to come for you, Al. (laughs) No, I, who knows? We all don't know. It's all dramatized and like we're, we're being brainwashed. <laughs> by <the> tigers. <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, as far as Broadway's return goes, I know a lot of dates have been thrown out there and whatnot. Mm. And, you know, so much has to happen medically, but, um, you know, this was something that crossed my mind. And I'm curious, you know, for someone like yourself, who's really established, who's accomplished a lot, if you'd like, you know, once the weather gets nicer, do you think that we could see maybe some outdoor shows? Is that something that's kind of being talked about in the Broadway community until theaters can actually open up? Because I know it's obviously a big expense. You have to get producers to sign off on stuff so you can make your money back. But do you yourself ever think of like a great comeback route uh, for Broadway? That's actually, uh, I have no idea. Um, I, yeah. I I don't know, but I think that, you know, Shakespeare in the park is a thing and hair was done in the park. So I think into the woods was done in the park. I think a show like that will happen. It, it, I don't see why not now that I think now that we figured out how to safely approach these things, we can, but we were sort of figuring that out over the summer and it's not enough time this past summer. So it's not enough time to make something happen. But I think now maybe producers and such are thinking how how we can go into the spring and summer safely. But I, I think the indoor, no windows situation close together, that's Broadway. You know, it's these old, old theaters. They don't have, maybe they're working on ventilation sub- systems. I have no idea. I would love to like, can you sit down with somebody on the Broadway league and ask them all these questions? <laughs> because these are all the things I'm curious about, but maybe they are, you know, working on some ventilation and, um, but I think they're only opening a few shows first, not, you know, all of them at once. I think they're going to kind of do a gradual open, which makes sense. See how it goes. And, um, yeah, that, that's all I know, but I, I'm sure more outdoor things will be happening. There are several concerts that, um, that a, a bunch of us have been asked to do that are like distanced. So the, the either like duet concert situation or just solo concert, 
those are happening now, which is nice to hear, but that's not Broadway. You know, that's not a scene where, and uh, there's so many people that make a show happen and there's nothing like that live experience. And yes, Hamilton being on Disney plus and Newsies and all these shows being available on Broadway HD and stuff. It's, it's just, it's wonderful and it's the best they can do. Um, to make it feel as live as possible for you, but it's still not, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing like that experience. So I know that, I know that people still crave that. And I know like as an audience member and also as an actor. So I'm excited for that day where it can happen for everyone. You know, even kids in middle school that want to do their middle school show live in person. Um, so I, I can't wait for that. However it happens, I think people are getting creative. That's what we do. We're, we create. So it's, it's really neat to see how creative creatives get within this new realm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I wish I had more answers, but I'd love to see an interview with the Broadway league Al. Okay. All right. That's a little bit of a hint there. So, you know, first Katzman, if you're listening, cue up the email and uh, let's see what we can do to get these questions answered. Do one of those real hard hitting interviews. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I think everything's based on, you know, the world, like the CDC and that's where we can only do what the guidelines say. Now we're about a week out from when this actually happened. If you're listening at home, but last night the World Series ended. Did you see that? You saw what happened with Justin Turner. Nope. Okay. Well, Justin Turner before the game had an inconclusive COVID test. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fifth, sixth inning comes around. In case you don't know at home, um, they determined that it was a positive test. They pull him from the game. I remember. And this. Dodgers win the World Series and. Next thing you know, he's out there celebrating with his teammates. So I think that uh, I, I think that the that the baseball world could probably use the same mind should should probably use the same mindset that you know Broadway performers like yourself are uh, taking. Cara, just a little a little bit of a disgrace to baseball last night. I don't know if you have any thoughts on what happened, but uh, I don't, and I really only know this because of my husband. I know any sports information because of him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Generally, my, my, the extent of my sports is like tossing the diaper directly into the diaper genie and making it from far away. <laughs> you have a nice jump shot then. That's basketball, but that works. <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. I said sports. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, I want you to like, now here's a chance for you to feel like you're... Uh, you know, you're actually at the plate, like you're going to play a sport. And we call this little segment Fastball Derby. Have you listened to Break a Bat before, Kara? No, you're testing okay, okay. me. So I want you to envision, I want you to visualize yourself. It's the ninth inning. The game's on the line. You have to win. There's two outs. Uh, but Araldus Chapman is on the mound throwing 105 miles an hour. So you got to oh, think quick. Shoot. Yeah, this okay. is where I'm going to ask you a question. And you're going to say the first thing that comes to mind. It's very high stakes that I feel my heart beating. <laughs> <laughs> you performed on bigger stages than break a bat. So I'd hope that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for you. I'm so ready. All right. From the windup favorite New York city meal. Saggio's in Washington Heights, Italian. Nice. Well, by the way, what type of Italian are you? Sicilian, Napoli time. Um, it's Calabria, so it's Southern Italy. 
It's not okay. Sicily though. Okay. Yeah, like like the the toe. Okay, so you probably you do the seven fishes and stuff on the holidays. Yes. Like, on <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We have some cousins on from the father side is Calabrese. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, people. the seven fishes. Oh, I I'm sorry. I just don't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, sorry, we're going slow. I'm not winning this game. Oh, it's okay, at all. it's okay. Oh, no, 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 there's no, there's no time limit. That's the beauty of fastball derby. You could actually use it, you know, derail the game and take, you know, foul, foul a few pitches off. And oh, great! And I love foul. <laughs> <laughs> if you could play one position in baseball, what would it be? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, um, pitcher. <laughs> you have a lot of control as a pitcher. Okay, that's a, that's a good choice. I like control. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay you're on a desert island which cast album are you taking with you uh ragtime team jeter or team a-rod a-rod you must like j-lo <laughs> hello yeah <laughs> person in the audience you were most intimidated to perform in front of family members Closest family members because I care about them and I have to see them on a daily basis, so I don't want to suck. <laughs> <laughs> and the Italians, we let you know about it if uh, we're not happy with one of our relatives. <laughs> like you're, you're great. <laughs> I was making faces. You can't see it, but <laughs> I can, I, yeah. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I'm all too familiar with that face. Uh, all-time favorite film? Oh, I used to say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, I think, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that one. That was a good, also Truman show. I really liked. Oh, that was a good one. I like that. Jim yeah. Carrey is always great. Oh, Jim Carrey is Joe Biden on SNL is amazing. Unbelievable. I like his Biden more than Baldwin's Biden? Trump. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oops. oops. I thought you were going to say, I like his Biden more than Biden's Biden. Oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Just side by side. I mean, you can't compare anyone to Jim Carrey. He's a league of his own. He, the way he embodies it, I was like, I, I believe that he's, he's in, he's Biden more than Biden is. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. Anyway. So I love Jim Carrey and, um, uh, liar, liar. Oh, that's that. And Bruce almighty are my two favorite Carrey films. So mm. that's a good choice too. The pen Royal blue. <laughs> <laughs> I love also the scene when he has the when he puts the soap in his hands and he like puts it right to his eyes, freaking out in the bathroom. That is that kills me every time. Just could you imagine being the like film directors or like the the cameramen? Behind, like I would not be able to hold it together. I would need to like escape into another land. Yeah, I, I would not be able to do my job exactly. No, sorry, now, keep going. This one's from our loyal listener, Fast Food Nick. You have oh. to... It's a cool nickname, I know. But uh, <laughs> you have to binge either The Muppet Show or The Brady Bunch. Which do you choose? Muppet Show. Okay. Sorry. That's a coin flip for, that's a coin flip for me. If you but. said Golden Girls, I might have to think even harder. Oh, wow. wow. I wouldn't have pegged you as a Golden Girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that's what I watched in college. For some reason, it was the one thing that my roommate and I bonded over. <laughs> <One thing. laughs> 
<laughs> and not the artistic talent that it takes, you know, to even get into Carnegie Mellon. You bonded. Over <laughs> no, she wasn't theater at all, which I think is better. <laughs> <laughs> Most embarrassing onstage moment. Most embarrassing. Uh, there are a lot, but I think, uh, I think when you enter the white room, have you heard of this phrase? Oh, of course. Where you don't know what day it is, what your name is, what show you're in, anything. And then you realize that people are looking at you and you're supposed to remember the line and you don't remember it. And you just say gibberish. That's, that's the most embarrassing moment that happened. And that's happened a few times, but wicked. I remember it was just me and the wizard and, um, in the second act. And I just had no idea. I got hot and I saw the, the music director, the, the conductor, he was sitting there looking down because they weren't playing at that moment. That was their time to chill. And it was so, it was quiet for so long that he looked up at me and I looked at him and he was like, so I'm making a face like he, he's like, are you going to say something? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, oh gosh, it was just the worst. So I just repeated myself and then thank God, Madam Warble just came in. She just came in and said her line because we weren't going anywhere. It's, the show stopped because my brain stopped. Um, but moments like that happened a lot. And those are the most embarrassing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> switching gears then what's the proudest moment of your career oh i think the filming of newsies that was just such a neat moment and to get to return to the role after having learned a bit more being in the business a little bit longer and doing wicked i had done that show and you know being in a different character a different energy and then being able to bring that to Catherine in a different way. I mean, Catherine and Glinda are very different, but that was, that was really cool and so rewarding and um, so fulfilling and just, it was a full circle kind of moment. And um, just the, so I didn't even mention that when I was in middle school, we did um, uh, seize the day for our show choir. And I love, that's like kind of when I first started, to learn about Newsies and I loved it so much, the 1992 film and um, my middle school, I wasn't in the show, but they did an illegal production of Newsies. <laughs> <laughs> I say illegal because it wasn't licensed yet. <laughs> so it was just cool to like have, get, get to do that um, and specifically film it and preserve it. Uh, that experience was really cool. And lastly, oh, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Um, there are several pieces of advice, but I think um, the the be kind to everyone, no matter what. All you know, all you just never know who you're going to be working with, and also why be mean to anyone? It's just life's too short. That's always that's a good piece of advice that I received and also give. Um, and then I think that don't take it too seriously. You know, you, you get to act and be fun. And I mean, depending on the show, sometimes it's dark and you know, very serious, but still you're telling a story. Like it's, it's just not that deep that we need to get really 
crazy. Um, so, and, or get too nervous. And I think that's really where it comes from for me that, um, I get very nervous because I care about, care about it. I have stage fright, I have all those things. And a lot of people deal with that. But I think if you just let go of it and say, just, just have fun, like stop taking it so seriously and just let go and just go do it. That's it. Just let go. Just go. Um, I think that that really helps me. And I've been told that and I still, I tell that to other kids too. So, um, yeah. That's awesome, Kara. And, uh, you know, obviously we're so grateful that, uh, you know, we have folks like you representing the Broadway community and I hope all of our listeners certainly enjoyed this. If they wanted to connect with you on social media and whatnot, where's the best way they could find you? Um, Kara Lindsay one, um, is, uh, 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 is Instagram. And then I think Carol Lindsay one is also Twitter and I'm not on the TikToks or anything else. So that's it. <laughs> Me neither. Honestly, I, 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 not to sound like, you know, old man on the Porsche, but the kids today with the TikTok, my God, I, I wouldn't be able to put that amount of energy into doing something for 10 seconds. The mental exhaust that these kids, have, those are, so you talk about, don't t- take things too seriously, not to, you know, crap on people who like TikTok, but that's like, people are taking that too seriously right now. (laughs) Truly. And I think it's just so funny that it's called TikTok. It's like the clock is ticking and I'm just wasting my time being on the TikTok. (laughs) I just, like, no. TikTok (laughs) is the clock. (laughs) Also, I just, I don't want to learn about it. (laughs) But yeah, Carolyn, do one. Awesome, Kara. Well, folks, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't thank you enough for listening, Kara. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Al. It was so nice to meet you and see your face. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you back on stage soon. And uh, to all the folks at home, be sure to subscribe to Break a Bat wherever you get your podcasts. This is Al Malafronte signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.